Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Reminders Podcast. In the background, you're hearing my Christmas-ish song facetiously telling the story of the Santa Claus origin um, wherein yellow snow crystals play a prominent part in perceiving the fantastic voyages of reindeer and gifts from the earth. Um, I'll let you dive into that story on your own time. If interested, the song's called Gifts of Awakening. I've got a long episode ahead of us today, so I'm going to try to keep this intro short. I'm welcoming on my friend Joe Haas. He's telling a little bit of his story arc of his journey through spirituality, essentially. Um, he was heavy into the Christian religion, maybe this time last year or something like that, and talks about his growth in and out of that modality. We talk about Neville Goddard and a bunch of other stuff. Like I said, it's a long episode, so I'm just going to start us with a brief grounding meditation and then dive into the conversation with Joe. I edited out the beginning of our conversation. We're talking about music and essentially what makes or breaks certain musicians' careers. And we were talking about the element of just being in the right time and right space uh, for certain artists to get that breakthrough moment. And that's where the conversation will start after this brief meditation. All right, thank you for listening. All right, let's just take a moment to come back to the center of self. You can close your eyes if you like. It's coming back to noticing our natural patterns of breathing. Not influencing it in any way, unless you feel inspired to maybe take a little bit of a deeper breath. Just noticing what is already present. These subconscious activities that are keeping us alive without us even having to think about it. Can bring some gratitude into that simplicity, a little simple truth. Keeping the flow flowing. I don't personally really relate to the word luck, but I I, I know what you're saying. That like that mysterious factor that you randomness just, in your favor. I don't know what you want. I don't believe in randomness either, man. I At know. all? Not really. I think that it's just our limited perspective. You know, I think uh, the idea of seeing things as random or, or luck is just our inability to fathom the quantum realm. You know, like if you think about okay, you know, so the way that molecules are dancing, even like uh, um, rolling dice or picking a, a card out of a deck, you know, like, there's this idea that it's random, but like it's exact. It's not. Nothing's random. Everything is exa- exactly where it is, not where it needs to be, but just everything is where it is. Mm-hmm. So like we're not always tuned into the order behind things. But I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't really think that anything is random or or truly chaotic. I think it's just our perspective is unable to 
hold the uh the vastness the vastness of understanding that's interesting the non-random nature the per the perfect nature of nature reality truth yeah you know? but, huh yeah I, that's uh, interesting i don't have man. that many words to to back up my claim but you know <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how i feel about it i that's where like that's something i'm struggling with currently it's like you know coming from kind of that christian viewpoint with god and everything and that there's a purpose to everything it's like man but what is the purpose for catastrophe like what is the reason behind it mm -hmm. and then i don't know it's it's challenge man because it's like on one hand i've studied enough psychology i can totally understand why people behave the way they do yeah based on their history the more sure. i get to know about their history the more i understand and can actually reasonably predict their future mm -hmm. actions which can be terrifying to people but at the same time like people can surprise you out of blue out yeah, of blue and you never too. know you never see it coming there's always that mysterious factor um but i'll take a whack at your you're posing that question of why does catastrophe happen or what's the reason on a maybe spiritual level sure of that yeah i was just talking to a friend about this yesterday you know the idea of just awkward things happening and being like oh my god why did that happen that was so embarrassing or like or to your point worse than embarrassing like catastrophic you know like tragic why do we why do we experience trauma as humans you know yeah. that's that seems to be a factor that none of us can escape and i think there's probably like a timeless uh parental desire to shield the next generation from trauma you know to try to have the next generation avoid all of the pitfalls that we've found ourselves in or, or the trauma that we face and it doesn't seem like we're ever able to do that no you know because it seems never. that part of being human <laughs> is being conditioned by our trauma and by the the collective yeah the collective uh paradigm um but i feel from a higher perspective looking down that the reason why we have to go through those shadow periods is as a catalyst for our growth, you know, even, even trauma, you know, uh, there's like a comedy bit. I don't remember the whole thing, but the gist of it was, you know, something about, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought I was a real cool person. Then I come to find out that my entire personality is just a like trauma response. You know, and that's yeah. so true. I mean, our personalities are absolutely molded by our experiences in early childhood, which, you know, are either supporting the natural creativity, curiosity, uh, desire for freedom, but need for safety. You know, all these, the, the paradigm of being a child, being a newborn and, you know, a new vessel in this grand society yeah. of expectations and all of the energy that dances and in, in society yeah and so those those early experiences are either in support of those natural needs and inclinations or in some way challenge those right mm -hmm. um and both both of which 
mold our personality, you know, and the ways that we were supported that um, results in us having certain trust or expectation that our needs will be met, you know, and then the reverse is true too. Our, our traumas put in a seed of expectation that we expect things not to work out in this particular domain that I experienced the trauma within, you know? Um, do you feel that? Does that check out for, for your experience? So let me try and summarize. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying that that on the path towards spiritual enlightenment or growth or just becoming fully, you even say maximally or fully human, trauma is an inevitable thing since it's a gateway to break down identification. Yeah, that's that, 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 right? that pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. I wasn't even necessarily speaking in terms of spiritual enlightenment yet. I was, but yes, but yeah, I was mostly just painting the picture of what it means to be human. Gotcha. You know, yeah. just the the basic. We're all we're all conditioned by yeah. our experiences in early childhood in positive ways and in negative ways. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's negative, where I, yeah. Okay, go ahead. That's where I think sometimes though, like. I think it can be less traumatic or less uh, purposeful if you're not going somewhere. Like, there's a lot of people who aren't really going anywhere. It seems that way. And it's not that it's a bad thing. Yeah. And I have no judgments about it. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you're content and you're just cruising in a straight line, you're not trying to go, you're not seeking, you're not going anywhere, you're not looking for anything like if something happens it just happens it's like it's not it's, if someone doesn't learn from the experience then it seems random and needless you know what i mean i do i do if that makes sense that like, does make it's sense. like but then again we're getting back to like contextualization and perception yeah, and, exactly yeah that's why I used <laughs> so for word. one person it could be a growth opportunity right, and another right. person it could just be this random BS that's popped up and, and we also, then they go back to baseline or whatever. Sure, sure. We also don't know what's happening inside of another person. Right. We don't know, you know what, and that's why I use the word it seems that way, or the phrase it seems that way, it seems that a lot of people aren't committed to it, to growth. Yeah. Or it does seem that way. It does I seem that way. from yeah. what I've observed. Yeah, absolutely. And I it's mean, our observations. It's our observations. It might not be true. Check this out. <laughs> Look at my life. <clears throat> in a lot of ways, it seems like I don't care about growth too. But on the inside, I obviously do. You know, so there's so many factors to this. There's, uh, you know, just your circumstance of literally where is your psyche at? How has it developed? Mm-hmm. And what context are you in right now? Does that context and, and environment encourage growth? Or is right. it suppressing it? Yeah. You know, and are we going to make the action to change that? Are we going to take enough time to reflect and be real with ourselves to even that's, acknowledge that we're in a stagnant space? And you can't see that. There's no physical. There are, but that's like, there's no immediate physical yeah. manifestation of reflection and like uh, introspection. You're not going to get a know? notification on your phone that yeah. you're stagnant. You need no. to, you know, and a, change and your life up a little A check bit. for 20 grand isn't going to pop up. Because yeah. you finally realized something about yourself. You know, right, like... Right, exactly. And then, but I will say... Oh, go ahead. oh, you're good. 
I was just going to say that there are indications, though, you know, mental yeah, health, absolutely. for instance, I think is a, uh, you know, I like to put it this way. I think that mental illness, in quotes, symptoms are, I like to use the metaphor of like a blinking check engine light on your dashboard in your car. Yes. So if I'm feeling depressed, that's the blinking light. And I think that unfortunately... In the growing pains of society and that, you know, we used to not even acknowledge the blinking light at all on a societal level. Now we are, but it almost seems that the superficial way of doing it, which I unfortunately see a lot, is our approach is basically like, how do I turn off that light? Yeah. Rather than why how is do it? I... Yeah, what's it pointing to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what's the issue? You know what's interesting? I've been, I've looked a lot at trauma research, and um, there's a couple of big names that are good if anyone wanted to get into trauma research. Alice uh, Miller is huge from the 70s. Okay. Uh, she wrote about childhood trauma and its impact. She wrote about, like, like literally so many things are forms of depression. Like grandiosity is a form of depression. Mm. It's like you're inst you get you don't feel comfortable just being yourself and you feel like you have to do more okay. to get so insecure attention. It comes from childhood. It's yeah. like if your parents neglected to give you attention, mm -hmm. then you felt like you had to act out or do more or like yeah. get all A's to like get love mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really interesting. And another guy who's still alive, modern, um, awesome dude, is Gabor Mate. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's done tons of investigation on trauma and research into that. And he even talks about how, like, practice for medicine is way behind the research. Mm, Scientific research no is super far. It's way more ahead than every day what we deal with. Every, Absolutely. The practice of stuff is like 50 years in At the past yeah. from where the research is. Yeah. So he was saying a lot of research has come out that not just mental problems stem from trauma, but physical problems. Oh, yep. So like even arthritis and inflammation in the body, as a child, it may have served you. Like if you got hit or something or whatever happened. Something might have happened. And they've even linked certain diseases to personalities where your personality can show. And we know personality is fluid. Like mm -hmm. it can change. You can, if you wish, you can change how you behave and how you interact in the world. Absolutely. It's not easy necessarily, but you can do it. it and like, you yeah, know. Totally. And this might be a dumb example, but I mean, I think an easy example is like, think about someone that smokes cigarettes. Easy correlation between, you know, the type of person that would get attached to cigarettes and the type of person that may end up with lung cancer or something like that, or some sort of... Yeah, yeah, you know, correlations respir and... Respiratory yep. malfunctioning or and lack then if, of health. If you look, if you go a step further, which most practitioners don't do this... If you look at why, why did they, were they drawn to cigarettes? Yeah, right. Why? Because there are oh, people Oh, they were that... super stressed. This is hypothetical, but like, oh, they're stressed the hell out. And when they smoke a cigarette, 
makes them feel a little bit more in control of their life. I'd be willing to. You know to, what I mean? Uh, yeah, and absolutely. It, and then it's like, okay, what's the biggest issue? Is it the tobacco itself? Is it the stress? Or is it the combination of the two? As well as the third factor of what associations do we have with this stimulus, whether it's tobacco or chocolate cake or you know, alcohol or alcohol man, or whatever what are your the social most associations dangerous drug on earth sure yeah but the most like it's also been the linked most to the most liberating yeah yeah most socially lubricating mm-hmm. like it's crazy and yeah so so back to real quick with back to the example of smoking cigarettes i would be willing to bet that a massive majority of people that are addicted to cigarettes Either their parent or someone that they were really close to probably smoked. Yeah. They probably have an emotional association or attachment to almost feeling like every time you smoke, you're connecting with your mom or your dad or your cousin or whatever. Or even if it's not your friends that close, you, you, even if you, like there's an idol you have. There's like, a lot of that like programming Dave in there too. Smoke cigarettes. Maybe you like Dave makes Chappelle cool. a lot. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the, so the, that that's how they marketed cigarettes. Absolutely, it's like, look, the cowboy, yeah. the Marlboro the, the cowboy, smoked cigarettes. Individualist, you know, and and he also died early of cancer. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that part. <laughs> I mean, they used to literally say the doctors recommend, you know, yeah, filtered like cigarettes. Four out of so five like, doctors recommend this brand of and cigarettes. And that's a whole different rabbit hole of you know the <laughs> insidious the nature of got shot uh, and buried. Marketing. No, we won't say that. <laughs> But yeah, that that emotional component though, I think that's massively yeah. underrepresented when we're talking about addiction in in particular. I think that addiction is really an attempt to connect. Yeah, it's like cuz everything I've seen and I've been in situations I've met addicts of all varieties and it's like it's trying to fill a void or it's trying to find a way to like you said connect. Like like I realized, it took a long time to realize this, but I used to smoke pot not because I really wanted to. I did, I won't lie. I, like, I smoked pot back in the day more because other people around me, it loosened them up to big ideas and oh, talking about yeah. bigger things and like deep philosophy or spirituality. That maybe you already or, wanted to talk about yeah, that type of no, stuff. Yeah, exactly. I to that. It, yeah. It's like, it was like social lubricant where you know i could smoke and it it didn't change yeah it felt like being high of course but yeah it didn't change it wasn't your first time thinking about deep stuff or something yeah like like i I walk around i live in deepness (laughs) i I don't know how to describe it it's like with you you don't have to describe (laughs) me (laughs) yeah i live there and it's you know and it's like when we all smoked you know my group of friends we'd smoke and then it's like Oh hey, you guys are in the neighborhood now. Cool, let's talk about this stuff. Yeah, and then we could, because if you, the, again, observation. I don't know how true. We haven't done studies on it, but mm-hmm. most people you walk up to, if you start talking about a deep topic, a ton of people have very set beliefs because they're so identified with those beliefs, mm-hmm. and it's like if those beliefs shake or are questioned, their entire identity is questioned. And then they question you, and they become defensive. If you're the one making them think differently, 
because it's easy to make I hate to say it but it's pretty easy this there's a whole study in field called marketing that is purposefully influencing people's yeah. thoughts but it's basically hypno, hyp, hypnosis yeah yeah and a lot of people are unaware of that though like they're just they just don't have the knowledge or they haven't looked into it or the exposure or the whatever curiosity, it may be. Yeah. yeah and again if you're happy and you're blissfully ignorant which is ignorance is bliss it really is because you don't know any better mm -hmm. but it's just we're in a weird time where like no one really has excuses not to know certain yeah. things because we have the library of alexandria in our pockets exactly, now, exactly. and it's just a strange... Oh, my God. We're trying to deal with stuff that humans have never, ever had to deal with that we're aware of. There's never been an internet. There's yeah. never been global communication. I know. For anyone. It's absolutely overwhelming. And that, that's really what this podcast was ironically a uh, response to, is ah. the, the, <laughs> the, the internet and the uh, specifically the insidious nature of social media. God, dude. You know, but we don't have to get too deep into that. There's a few things that you mentioned that I, that I really kind of want to go off on. I guess, since I'm slightly losing my train of thought, the only thing I can really think about is when you're talking about, I want to bring it back to, sure. um, you're talking about people that basically don't seem like they have any interest in growing. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to respond to that. And I know in the past, in our conversations, you've used the word seeker before. Okay, so I want to sort of... I just of, liked it, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a bad word. I just, I, I just kind of want to bridge those two ideas um, real quick. So first of all, I originally was saying that we don't know what's going on inside of another person. We also don't know what each of us have metaphorically or maybe in a way that I don't know, maybe consciously chose to experience in this particular life. Yeah. You know, um, again, speaking in metaphor, I, or, or maybe it's true. I don't know. I think life is a metaphor. <laughs> I don't think they're, you know, I think it's, uh, again, our limited ability to perceive the depth of truth with a capital yeah, T we'll, we'll that, just keep that it. blurs those lines or, or that wants I'm, to keep things with, in one yeah. camp and, yeah. rather than the other, you know? But even even flax even flax even facts are fluid. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm, I'm trying to you. say yeah, is yeah. that um, I like to look at life as the metaphor of like playing a video game. So you know, it's, we have games for all sorts of different experiences. You know, maybe some of us here are here to play the game of awakening to the game, and maybe from the game, and some of us are here to just experience the game. To experience Dude. being lost in the sauce or being stagnant or getting to your deathbed and feeling regret or or living a simple life and being content. Yeah. That's an option too. We yeah, don't all need beautiful. to shake the foundation of reality in each ego lifetime, you know? So yeah. I think every I think it's all what it is. Which is a really dumb way of saying that it's <laughs> I, I'm avoiding saying it's all where it needs to be because need implies urgency. And I don't think there's anything urgent about yeah. playing this game. Well, I mean, it's just an experience. It's the universe unfolding itself. There's no reason. There's no rhyme. You know, there's a design, but there's no designer. It's the way I see it. You know? Yeah. There's I think, order, but there's no. Dude, I got to touch architect. on that. That there's design, but no designer. Like, 
what I've this is where I'm at now. What I, what I believe, like where I've come to realize, I think God in all its context and all the ways people phrase it. I think what it is is like basically ideal humanity, right? If you look at people comparatively speaking to every other animal on the planet, we're the only thing that we know of that knows that it's going to die one day. And how could we know of any other species yeah, knowing We don't anything? really know what yeah, they we know. Can, we can measure our perceptions, but we can't measure other entities' experiences. The only thing that and I push back... science. The only thing I push back is we can see physical manifestations of, like, depression or something, or, like, anxiety. Mm-hmm. You, there's, like, you can measure heart rate yeah. and different things yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and see. And but we can't measure the experience. No, we can't. We, we can can't. only experience it. We can only observe so we don't know what's what going we on in other animals. See. Yeah. You know, we think, and I think it's an ego thing. I think it's a human arrogance thing. That we think we're at the top of the food chain or top of the uh, consciousness hierarchy, you know. But and when we are able to observe massive intelligence in other animals, you know, dolphins, yeah, other other uh, apes, and things and maybe like that, it is just an evolutionary thing that we're able to manipulate the environment the way mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, because like you know, dolphins don't have thumbs. Yeah, but for all we know, <laughs> for all we know, dolphins could also like literally transport their consciousness to a whole other other planet where they're the ones with <laughs> legs and thumbs. You know, they could be so much more super intelligent than we can even fathom. Yeah. There's just no know. way to observe that. There's no way to know. So it's just, yeah. Anyway, but you were making a point. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like, <laughs> to at least before I interrupted, this is where it is for p- humans, for people. Yeah. We don't see anything else having the influence we do. Like, it's undeniable that human beings influence the planet yeah. more than any other animal mm-hmm. ever that's ever walked yeah, and here. So, so clear- and I'm not saying, like, we, like, I'm not even talking about, like, global warming and all that. Like, we contribute, but there's tons of evidence that one volcanic eruption can cause an ice age. Like, it's Lots really com- it's really complicated yeah. it's more than just humans yeah. like it's also a not uh mind-boggling to acknowledge that you know the way that we run our society is not sustainable i mean let's put our yeah, face up 100%. to the our, our uh mufflers and see if that's sustainable dude you know, I'm, clearly we're no, I, I, yeah, i'm not yeah, yeah. convincing you i'm just you know for this no sake no of, i'm yeah. not i'm not denying that yeah, at yeah, all yeah, yeah, like i yeah. really but many factors i'm all for factors. renewables and yeah. solar and it's improved and it's at the point I think they said like uh, you can power in the entire earth with solar by like one tiny well it's not small but it's like like four or five hundred square miles in the uh Sahara Desert or something. I mean, it could power the whole earth. I believe it. I mean Tesla had a plan for free energy for the whole earth and I don't I know saw I don't know when that, he dude. was around, but it and wireless transfer yeah. of power. Yeah. Like so it, it's and a, he had it, internet. It was in the 1904 or something. Is that like, what it was? Early. He came out with a plan for the internet, and yeah, and he was the, brilliant. He, he was... got actively cut off exactly. from it. His lab in New York got burned by Edison. Mm-hmm. He got cut off from Chase Bank. They cut all ties from him. Yep. And yeah, and yeah, then he was nice. too nice of a guy, 
And instead of like keeping his royalties at Westinghouse, he just cut cut ties and said, "Oh, I feel for you. Mm, I'll cut damn. cut losses." Because he wasn't about business; he wanted to advance things. And he saw he was a visionary, and he didn't care about money. And people like make him into a bad person for, um, you know dying broke but who cares you die broke anyway right yeah, you, you can't, can't take, take your anything toys with into you. the next life yeah. yeah but i mean i think that's just a, a perfect example of what you said of science is way beyond technology and the application of technology yeah you know it's not even funny and it's it's not even just a, a lag of of time it's a lag of priority right you know we're prioritizing and this goes Profit like and greed over to harmony. expand on some of it, like the seeker thing. Like, yeah, literally, language is just a classification of things we see and agree on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we can both observe it, it's Shakespearean, even where when two people see something supernatural, it means it's real, it's like a real ghost if two characters see it at the same time. Mm. But if one person sees it, it's dubious. It could be real. It could be just a psychotic delusion. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Macbeth has it all over. There's times where they see the witches. A couple people see the witches. And then there's times where Macbeth is just out of his mind. Mm. And gotcha. that's a literary device he yeah. used. He invented. We didn't have it before. At least we don't have records of it before. But yeah. he invented that literary device. And it's true, too. And it's biblical, like it's the whole point of Christ saying, um, where two are gathered in my name, anything's possible. Yeah. It's the exact same thing throughout human history where when two people come together, come to the same conclusion, observe each other, agree, see the same thing, they can take something that's in their head and manipulate reality and bring it forth yeah and that's a that's where the concept i think of god even comes from that mm-hmm. that we have we can have a thought and make it real these shoes i'm wearing the jeans all this stuff they didn't have jeans 300 years ago yeah it was someone's thought mm-hmm. and they made it manifest from their brain that sounds delusional if you just talk to random people about it but you do it every day in this i want to make tea yeah. I get a cup, which we named and made, designed. It's all intentional. Mm -hmm. And that's where I guess it circles back where you could, like you were saying, that there's nothing that's necessarily random. It's just that given the variables set to this mode in this time, that's the outcome. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to account for all the variables. Right, right. It's impossible. Feeble brains. Yeah. Yeah. So and we get closer with computer assistance, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we'll ever get there. It's just like mathematicians. There's this uh, Netflix thing talking about to infinity or something. It's about infinity and that mm. concept. Cool. Let's check that out. Yeah. And they're saying that the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light is what most that. physicists and all this stuff. But I'm like, okay, uh what? So we're you're gonna... saying billions of years from now, when I'm long dead, <laughs> like we're going to blink out or something? I don't... 
it's too much it's not it's, worth it's, our yeah. time it's, it's mental gymnastics exactly exactly and i don't know i mean i think and meanwhile people are starving next door right you know what i yes, mean yes absolutely like, absolutely we're gonna have to bookmark that part of the conversation i would love to get into infinity with you <laughs> but i want to bring it back to god yeah sure yeah yeah <laughs> um so i never wrapped up that thought i guess uh, did, did you have something else you want to conclude about it basically i think god is humanity's best effort to describe what it is that we do yeah and we don't see any other creature we don't know that they don't do it like yeah does a beaver conceptualize how it's building the dam or is it instinctual and automatic programming yeah, yeah. right we however can choose do we build a dam do we not build a dam where do we build a dam What's the impact going to be? We can even create predictable models using these computers in our mm-hmm. heads, and we can model out all like as many as of the different scenarios as possible. Yeah, yeah. To minimize and like enhance probability or decrease it of success. Like that's something that we don't observe readily in other yeah. creatures. I mean, yeah. and I think God's like the ultimate of that. We we're like, if we can do this. In this local domain on Earth, is there something that's even more powerful than us that can do it on a universal level? Sure. That's, sure. I think, where that comes from. Sure. It's our own self-expression in a way. Absolute self-expression. There, you nailed it. You know, I I was getting a little caught up. I, I, I was wavering between agreeing wholeheartedly and then ca- getting caught up with, like, the <laughs> sem- semantics, which, again, is literally just my association to these the syntax that we call language yeah butting heads with your association to the syntax called language and that's why conversations are great yeah to get on equal terms iron out those inconsistencies exactly um because i i absolutely agree with the idea that god can be a placeholder word for the idea of the creativity human creativity but i was getting caught up by like why are you saying human creativity well like why What's different between what we do in our human species versus, I mean, we can't take credit for everything that happened before human evolution, right? So to me, that's God too. The only reason I say... doing the damn thing. Yeah. That's God too. The reason I say human, and because this is different, like we're bridging into like meta-metaphysics in a way. Like, so the reason I put human there, human creativity... It's because everything we see, every single thing, right, comes from our own perspective. Yeah. We don't go consult the beaver and get its perspective. We can't. Yeah. We don't know how. We don't know how. Maybe Mm -hmm. can't is a strong word because so far we've broken throughout history. If you pluck someone out of zero AD and put them today, they would have a meltdown. Maybe. Maybe. Because of the technology, like the things yeah, yeah, that we've proven yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. And that goes into limitations and all that stuff. But how does stuff. that relate but to the to The Bieber. reason it's human is because all we ever know is human. We don't know the other person. Yeah, well, that's just a given to me. I guess I, yeah. I don't like, feel I've, the need to say human creativity. If I were to define, to define God, and I'm more talking about like general... But it like for me, like personally, if I were to define God, I'd say it's like um it's essentially life 
and the expression of such. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a unifying feature, which is energy of the entire universe. Yeah. And it's proven in all ways, scientifically, spiritually, like no matter how you look at it, mm-hmm. energy exists everywhere. Even places we think there's no energy, the more we come up with ways to see things, we're realizing, oh, there is. There's like anti-energy and like weird So much. Stuff. So much to the mystery. Yeah. We, we know it's infinite, yet we keep trying to look. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're curious <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. It's but cool. that's... That's where I love the new, there's a new chemical view of the universe where it's not finite. It's just that the universe is always trying new things. And it's always looking to see what new combinations of energy or building blocks work. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a chemist and he's from England. He talked on Lex Friedman podcast and he talked about this, this theory he came up with where like most base level reality, like sand and rocks and stuff like that, it's at most three layers of complexity biologically okay. or chemically. Sure. So like it's it's just not complicated molecules. But when you get to life, things get really complicated. And you have you have stacks of like right. 19, 20 layers for certain compounds. It's a system now rather than a substance. Yeah. And so it's like, it seems like what he says, it's like the universe creates things. And you start with a simple atom of hydrogen, one proton, no neutrons, just one proton, one mm-hmm. electron, just hanging out. And it builds on that. And things get, it's like Legos. And you're like, it's like the universe naturally is playful and wants to try mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, yeah. That's, and again, we're putting human emotions on something we have no idea about. Yeah. But it's fun to do. So we'll keep, <laughs> yeah, we'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the universe is playing with these things and making different stacks. And certain things work a little more than others. Certain things aggregate better. And then when it finds something that works, it goes in on it. And since it's infinite, and keeps expanding and growing and more is coming and we just never know. We will never know the limits of the universe if they exist. Right. Never know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, it's just trying these new iterations and yeah. things. And even looking at genetics, it's the same thing. Over time, any species from a biological model... You're trying different variations and see what works. And some things worked great, like uh, horseshoe crabs have been around almost forever, from our perspective, way longer than us, if we look at an evolutionary standpoint. Mm-hmm. Or sharks, even. They're practically dinosaurs in the water. There's certain things, certain microbes, uh, those little elephant-looking tardigrades, elephant-looking micro-animal. Okay. Um, tardigrades are really interesting. You should look into it if you Ooh. ever get the itch. But um, they're these little biological animal, hmm. and they can survive extreme temperatures. They've taken them down to like a few degrees above absolute zero. Ooh, what's and their habitat? Are they in the ocean? They're or? all over the place. They're just microscopic, like yeah. I think they find them in like those deep ocean sulfuric craters. Okay. They're in the most extreme environments you wouldn't think life could exist. Gotcha. And then we find these things, huh. and they can just hang out in any, almost any environment. Just very hardy creature, and it's a 
it's not just a bacterium. It's like more complex than that, which mm-hmm. is cool. And it it just helps us see that like there's surprises everywhere and um yeah kind of losing where I was no going with I'm it, with but, you I, th- yeah. I think it goes to show too the uh, limit of our I don't know how to put this our dimension if you will you know we can we can look at the microscopic dimension and we can view it from above. We can look out into the macrocosm. We can look at the outer space. Yeah. But we can't look at ourselves from that macroscopic no. space. You can so imagine our, it. Yeah. But you can't really do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to me, like, I, you know, and anyone that listens to this podcast has probably heard me say that I'm, I'm not a scientifically minded person. So I'm just in awe letting you, like, say everything <laughs> you just said. Like, that all sounds really cool. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't know how it works. But I also don't really have an urgency to, like, Figure out how it works. Yeah. Because I just trust the mystery. And I, and I think that that's... And that's something maybe I think the, as far lost. as I can go with with this uh, personality is just to surrender to the mystery. I don't think my mind can fathom that aspect of infinity because I just... I'm like, oh, it's infinite? Cool. I'll stop looking because that sounds tiring. <laughs> you know? But what, what, what are you about to say? We've well, lost... Well, what? I just think we've lost that that, you know... Part of the enjoyment is not knowing. Yeah, totally. And that's where the randomness comes in. Like, it's like you can use randomness as that not knowing. Because if you knew everything, Mm -hmm. all the variables, all of that, like, that's what people call God is knowing every omnipotence. Yeah. Knowing everything, right? And we... We can try as much as we want, and a lot of people have... Mm-hmm. We'll never know everything. Right. If we did, the, someone would still be alive who'd never died. You know, like, yeah. if you knew everything, you wouldn't have to die Or if you didn't want to. Or you, yeah, or you would just you know? know why you need to die. But, but yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. it's a day and night. And, you know, that's that's my big thing. And that, that could have happened, and, and it just never got yeah, recorded. Exactly. Someone right. could have known exactly that's, the rest of their life and been fine with it. Wouldn't and, that be what enlightenment is? Or total awakening, you know, it would be the ego dissolving itself back into the Godhead, so to speak, you know, yeah, the, the all knowing. That's where shit gets trippy because, like, well, it gets trippy when we uh, or maybe, yeah, it gets I almost trippy. don't even want to say it because it's like so trippy for a lot of people, but yeah. I really think like all of us are divine. Oh, of course, every anything that has life, it's insanity to believe that we're not. Yeah, anything alive is divine. Yeah, but dude, that's the problem. You said it's insanity to believe we're not divine, but most people I've ever met in my entire life, ninety nine percent of them, if you said that, Mm -hmm. they would literally try and kill you. Yes, because I tried, and and they literally tried to to associate (laughs) with spiritual communities that. About that type of belief because that is insanity. It, I think yeah. that it is insanity. You know, so you and I had a conversation maybe a year ago, and you were very identified as Christian yeah. at the time, and you've since kind of distanced yourself from that a little bit. And I want to, I want to get into that, but before doing so, I just want to. What do I want to do? I guess, I, I guess, <laughs> I wanted to rage out about the Christian church there for a second, but I've. The moments pass. I don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just, it's really hard for me to associate with, with an institution that has done 
I think a lot of damage to the spiritual community, to physical communities. You know, we can talk about the actual genocide that has happened with, with righteousness, with faith oh, yeah. behind it. Well, and that? that's where there's other uh, religions that I won't mention that have done the exact same. Oh, thing. absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. um, you know, I'm with you. I don't have an issue with spiritual communities. I have an issue with when when the spiritual community and it's it's really hard not it's really hard to avoid this yeah. in a spiritual community for it to degrade into a cult. And well, I think that, most dude, major I, religions have on one hand beautiful perspectives and takes on what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, most are corrupted by ego and corrupted by human shadow and yeah. the uh, lack of self-awareness, yes. which is what each inspiration for these major religions, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, Buddha these were individuals who did, weren't following a religion necessarily. I mean, in some cases they were, but yeah. that's not what their spiritual well, they came, came from, from a place. We all come from a place. Yeah. Yeah. Like they Jesus came context, from Judaism. Yeah. And, and Buddha and came Buddha, from Hinduism, and yeah. Muhammad, I'm sure, had his thing. Came from... I'm not as familiar with yeah, Islam. Yeah, I don't know. But, I'd, it'd be interesting to learn more. Yeah. But my point but, is yeah, that they are no, individuals that you. did the work. They, they, they did the reflection. They sat in stillness. They sat in the divine space for long enough to realize that they are divinity. And that, that everything yes. around them is a mirror. And that's... And dude, maybe they made the mistake of talking about it. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, dude. That okay, I gotta tell you because this is the we're, you're describing in a different way the arc of kind of where I went. Yeah. So when we had that conversation, like I was just getting into that church. Um, yeah, yeah, because it was like beginning of this year when we talked. I think I was just getting was in. Okay. I was seeking out um, like a church and stuff. My dad had just died. I'm like, there has to be a soul. There has to be something here. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for answers. And, you know, I had already been colored with Christianity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's it's hard to find other churches, to be honest, too. Other or not churches necessarily, but other religions yeah. and communities. In it's hard States, to find yeah. them here. Um so anyway, Christianity was the one I was looking at. So I tried out all these different churches. I even went back to a Catholic mass and I hadn't been in years and years and years. And I finally found one where their big emphasis was on knowing the Bible. Okay. That was their big focus. And that was what I wanted to do because I'd never really dove deep into it. So I wanted to. And I wanted to go with people who maybe have. All right. A lot of this is coming from a place of, you know, as a student, essentially, like I'm looking to learn, I'm seeking out Mm -hmm. truth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I get into here and I start learning slowly and things. And I've never been one to just take someone else's word for it. Yeah. Unless they're like, teach me, you know, like if you're teaching me how to saw a piece of wood and measure, you know, that's a physical, real thing. Testing what you're hearing then. So, with that kind of stuff, it's almost trial and error. There's no, you can't take people's word for it a lot of times when it comes to this. Of course. Because, Again, what we've mentioned before. Yeah, that's when it becomes culty. A lot of people don't introspect at all. Like they've never journaled once in their whole life. They've never 
sat in a room and thought about, God, what did I do wrong? Or, or what can I do to better my life? Or what is the meaning of life? Like none of it. They've never thought about it. You know, I don't know, but it, I don't know. Maybe you can't. It's hard to speak it seems for others. That way, but I don't it know. just from conversations with yeah. said people, it okay. seems like okay. they have. Because sure. their eyes glaze over when you get on one of these <laughs> topics. That's a huge clue to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I get in, and I'm I'm like learning from some of these people and whatnot, and it seemed like they were like a less judgy version of this type of church. Okay. So I'm, I'm doing my thing, learning. Then I start to study more and more on my own. And the more I studied the Bible on my own, the more my, my views started diverging from the group's views. Okay. It hit a point, because um, my cousin was like kind of on this path with me too. And she was starting to send me videos from some more like, I don't know how you would say it, radical Christians who take things like all the way literally, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because it's like in the book of Acts in the Bible, it describes how if you become a follower of Jesus, like you're given gifts of the Holy Spirit, like you, where you can like literally help heal other people, literally. Mm-hmm. And they wrote it down. So that's where my cousin and I kept, we were running in trouble because we wanted more than what we were getting from the church, but knowing what I know now, I think a lot of the writing is either corrupted or it's metaphorical. Mm-hmm. You can't take it Both. literally. Yeah. And and that's where there's a letter in there. It's like First Timothy or something. A lot of people quote it as a good reason why women need to be totally submissive to men. And... When you read it, and I read so much, I read all the letters, like I could tell Paul didn't write that letter at all. Because in it, he also says something like, words don't matter. But back in his time, the historical Paul was an adamant scholar. Mm. Scholars are not going to say words don't matter. They care deeply about words and language and understanding. Well, unless you know they're what saying I mean? it in a similar way that we sort of said that earlier today, you know, it's like... We have to use these tools that we're given, language, to communicate, yeah. but we have both acknowledged the limitation of language, even in this there conversation. There are limits. And yet we continue to talk to each other, you but, know? But it matters, right? A conversation matters because it helps us get to a better place, right? And then Without that's where it, the translation, can't. you know, it's been translated, what, four times at the very minimal? Exactly. So, yeah. matter. There's problems What does that it. mean? What, what was problems. that really pointing towards? Exactly. And there's... The lang- you have language problems translating from mm-hmm. Greek to English or what have you, or Aramaic, which is an alternate form of Hebrew. It's not yeah. modern Hebrew. Okay. And there's there's a lot of issues with translations. Right. Um, but anyway, I kept, I was reading more and more. I was studying. And when I read this particular place I was going to, they would read like three verses and dive deep. Huh? Spend an hour talking about three or four verses of a certain chapter. Yeah. But when I was reading, you know, I learned through school and studying like the way to read is you read for the concept first, then you go into the details. Huh? So I was reading for the concept, and the concepts I was gathering from the Bible were not what most people were even aware of 
let alone acknowledge. In fact, a lot of their the stuff they would talk and teach about didn't even fit the conceptual version of the Bible, so to speak, the narrative mm. version of it. So like so like I was learning stuff and I really like I really like Jesus. He seems like a cool dude. He had great ideas, just his ideas, not people's interpretations of them. The stuff he literally supposedly said. Well, even those are the interpretations in some sense. Fair the translations enough. of and there are of some it, authors translations, remembering translations it. of interpretations. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, I feel you. But that's I, like the archetype for, of far Jesus. As fidelity, you know, that's the yeah. closest thing we have to a fidel. fidel eh, I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. That's the closest thing we have to the real thing. If you know. I don't know. Presuming I don't agree with that, but anyway, yeah. as far as we know, mm-hmm. we don't know. I'd say the closest thing we have to relate to Jesus Christ is probably taking magic mushrooms. But go on. <laughs> well, that's another thing that gets left. <laughs> Get out. that direct experience, you know. See what he was really talking about. Well, really getting the listening space. Have you heard of the illusion mysteries? Is that the idea that Jesus was a mushroom? No, the no, no. The illusion mysteries was like all the ancient Greek and Roman, the biggest names throughout history, including Plato and Aristotle and Pythagoras, they would go to a special temple and drink an ergotamine substance because wheat is where we get ergots from. Mm -hmm. And ergotamines are like either constituents or... Like LSD falls in. Yeah, it's sort of derived from that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they knew a way to create a special brew. And a lot of people believe that when Jesus talked about drink me, like drink this wine, it's a special brewed wine Mm -hmm. or drink that was psychoactive. Yeah, no doubt. And there's records in the church the cult of Dionysus did this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just beer or wine that they drank. It was like psychoactive yeah. beer or wine. Mm-hmm. Like, and so the Illusion Mysteries, all these ancients that we revere for groundbreaking new innovations, did drugs, basically. <laughs> what we call drugs, they yeah. would call it something else. And yeah. that's, that's, again, the insanity they drank of our a current brew culture. And they had this... They experience ego death. Yeah, is what they describe. And, and they too. say, if you die before you die, you have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Is like was their mantra. Yeah, and so they would do these rituals, and they had it ritualized, and they had a set and setting. They had a good mm-hmm. place you could do it. Go hang out. You're not going to hurt yourself. We're going to guide you back there to are people that knew how to guide through the grounded. process. Yeah. Exactly, and so a lot of people believe not a lot there's people who believe that early christianity was the same thing it was a new form of dionysus or elysian mysteries all of that that. yeah just real quick i just want to note that and i i mean i you know i'm making a claim that i obviously have no way of backing up but i would be willing to bet that every culture every indigenous culture had some sort of rite of passage in this way Yeah. yeah that you know, from modern standpoint, we would say that they were doing drugs together. But to them, it was not, maybe they would call it medicine. Maybe maybe it was not even medicine. Maybe it was just considered a, a portal to the underworld or the portal to heaven or well, some in some way um, 
peeking behind the veil yeah of breaking consensus reality yeah breaking base reality if you want to yeah. call it that and it was it was an honored ritual and ceremony and it had purpose within the right. culture and that's i i believe strongly that that is another example of the insanity of our current paradigm percent yeah current culture where we have uh demonized psychedelics classify them as dangerous drugs you know legally putting them in the same category as heroin and you know other things while yeah. uh, while on the same token making billions of dollars off of alcohol every year and legal psychoactive drugs such as uh anything in the mental health pharmaceutical catalog okay. yeah are Which legal are much, psychoactive much less drugs. understood much like, less you know? understood much more dangerous physically and mentally yeah. like they're not way more symptoms side effects it's kind of terrifying when yeah. you read about it like yeah. yeah thankfully i do feel that we are shifting from that um you know Hopefully. mushrooms in particular are getting a lot of a lot more esteem you know being studied yeah. at john hopkins and you know decriminalized in certain areas but it's still the stigma is very much there i still feel it well, anytime i bring it up the re- you know? i don't know if you i saw recently an old military documentary from um when they did uh mk ultra okay. so that's been declassified now some of it they still do it i believe but um basically i'm pretty sure the reason stuff got outlawed was because they realized that lsd and mushrooms things like that but especially lsd that was huge in the 60s yeah they realized not just from the culture but from their own experiments that it didn't control people it did the opposite yeah it led to people waking up and realizing why am i just enslaving myself to your mindset you know because they did experiments with military guys and Mm -hmm. they first did it they show they drilled these guys with just normal military drills where you just march around or whatever they were doing perfectly fine flawless execution etc then they and it was voluntary that part of it at least was voluntary then they gave them doses of lsd and it all went to shit and everyone was just laughing around and goofing off and the drills just didn't happen and then they had a drill sergeant that they dosed and before he was doing a great job and could get these guys doing it and then after they dosed them well he just starts hanging out and carousing with the guys and they don't really drill and then they come and say you have to drill if you don't drill uh we're gonna have to take you away from from your job here right now and he said, well, if you want them to drill so bad, you do it yourself. And that kind of, ins- that's insubordination, yep. you know. That- yeah. And what they tracked with that was the cultural, the whole culture had that with Vietnam. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same conversation of why did they silence Tesla? You know, here was a opportunity yeah. to make a simple solution, a free global solution to our energy relationship to electricity and energy practically free infinite i mean i don't know the ins and outs of it but that's that's the narrative that i've heard and uh you know it's absolutely the same thing it's just you know the powers that be that don't want to relinquish any hold over the hypnosis of the human spirit um for what 
reason other than profit and greed. I don't know. I don't, I don't really believe in the nefarious, you know, conspiracy agenda type stuff. Like just because it's not that interesting to me because I'm not that interested in stories like that. I'm more interested in what is the absolute depth, the root truth and the grandest truth and to me yeah. like getting lost in the details of oh, you know and the paranoia that comes along with the details yeah i don't really entertain that too much in my mind i'm not saying that it's not real for some people i also believe in fluid reality you know i think that what we focus on and what we believe in becomes manifest in our experience which is kind of what you're getting at with the god human dynamic yeah which, which i did want to actually comment thing. on real quick and since i came back to it we'll finish your story but Real quick, you were talking about um, God. When you were originally talking about God and relating it to humanity, you were saying that it's the idea of being able to imagine something and then bring it to life, essentially. Yeah. Right? Basically. And that's... Um, have you heard of Neville Goddard? Yeah. That's his whole thing, Yeah. Dude. That's his whole thing is the idea that human imagination... He's or been what really influential say, on me, actually. Me too, big time. I listen to a lot of his tapes. Yeah. Because they're on YouTube. Like, I kind of hidden in YouTube, but yeah, yeah. I, I know about him secondhand through this podcast called Synchronicity, which I actually think you would really enjoy. I think yeah. you, I think you would relate a lot to Noah Lampert is the There's host. There's actually of that. science about synchronicity events. Like, yeah, it's weird, <laughs> but it's in the quantum physics realm. Things get weird. That exactly. That's the more yeah. we're learning, the more things get weird. And the crazy part is that quantum physics is 100 years old. It started in the 1920s, you know, and it's yeah. so slow to yeah. catch up to mainstream paradigms. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, I just wanted to relate that to the Neville Goddard thing for anyone that's not familiar with Neville. Um, his whole thing is that what people call God is essentially imagination. Yeah. And it's not just the visual component of imagining something in your third eye or whatever, having dreams or whatever. Um the feeling space is huge in that too. So he's got a number of techniques for magnetizing the experiences that you want in life into your actual lived experience, you know, what people yeah. would call manifestation and stuff like that. I kind of avoid using that and term. And he was around before the secret and all this yes. stuff that got commercialized and made. I think people bastardized like the original intent of some of this or like the so. original way of thinking you know or the validity I mean. of it because the secret was so such a again like a caricature of itself at some yeah. point it just became a joke and it was sort of oversimplifying a lot of the process yeah um and in that way maybe has done a little bit of damage in the the overall zeitgeist of our relationship to manifestation now a lot of yeah. people think it's sort of a woo you know kind of quacky joke where it it's really i mean just look at it from a basic level of what how you were describing it. We manifested everything you see in society, you know? And yeah. you can say, Oh, you didn't manifest it, you worked hard for it and you made it happen. Well, like but where, where do those lines get blurred? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, Neville's a he's a huge influence on me. Just the the idea that uh it, it is very much a mind over matter type of Yeah relating. It is. And I, I believe that. I, I believe that there is a timeless existence you know maybe that's the highest expression of what people are pointing at when they say god you know this uh the void the uh the, yeah. the timeless the nothingness where everything of, comes yeah, from where everything is 
springing in and out of at yeah. all times, even on a quantum level. You know, our, you were talking about atoms as if they're like building block Lego pieces of, yeah. of biological matter. And while that is true, what are those Legos made out of? What are those building blocks made out of? They're not finite, tiny little things. They're actually potentialities. Yeah. They're uh, vastly comprised of empty space yeah and these little quarks of of consciousness basically are forming themselves you bring up empty space and potentiality and the Tao talks about this a lot like a pot what's useful about a pot it's not the the clay around that makes the shape it's the void inside of it that can Mm. carry things that's what's Mm. useful about it Mm-hmm. The spoke, on, like a wheel. What's useful about a wheel? It's not the spokes and all of it. Are, it's the empty space in the middle that it spins around mm. and attaches to the axle. Like the useful things are the empty things. It's the That's emptiness. The- a room is only as good as what you can do in it. And if it's filled with junk and you can't do anything in it, the room's useless. Absolutely. But when it's emptied out and it's... Then there's potential. Then, there's then potential. you can do things. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's where... So, like, I got into Neville Goddard big time. And probably a little after we talked or around that time was when I was getting into him. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of the line my path took. I went more towards his view of Christianity. Yeah. Rather than the mainstream view i'll say right yeah so like i don't i never really okay what happened the way christianity is structured in the bible if you take it kind of at its word yeah it leads you if you do it from a if you do it from a in detailed take it or leave it level you end up believing that there's this like daddy in some mystical place up above us ethereal place and he came in a weird human form and told us how to do things and you got to be perfect. And then there's a lot of problems around that with humans using it to shame others and control them and guilt and all that. But if you take from a conceptual level and don't take it perfectly literally, what happens is you come to a point, it's like a prescription. Mm -hmm. Certain ways that Christ advocates, it's just like other religions. It's a prescription of how to get to divinity. You do these steps. Did you said divinity? Con- divinity, okay. and I misspoke. I didn't speak it clearly. It kind of sounded um, like divinity and infinity in one. I, like I said that. a weird... Divinity. Yeah, it Ooh. was a um, weird mumble. Oh, wait, that's like definite. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tripping on words good, again. Dude. You know me. <laughs> getting, just getting high on words here, folks. <laughs> Man, maybe that should be the slogan of the podcast. <laughs> Dude, sorry. Go oh on. man, yeah. Anyway, so it's a prescription. It's, conceptually, it's, yeah. you start to you pull when you look at it from a concept instead of getting bogged in the weeds. You end up pulling back, so you get the big picture. And the big picture is, um, like God or the divine nature of humanity has tried to wake people up for millennia. Right? If you go from the very beginning to Jesus, if you want to say, biblically. Yeah. Even from Adam and Eve, like, 
what happened, I think the problem with the whole Adam and Eve story, it wasn't that some magical fruit turned humans into like divine beings. Yeah. It was that the man knew that by doing something, it would cause harm. And the woman didn't know yet because she was newer to the game. And the man ignored his own knowledge, his own divinity, ignored knowing that the truth and the correct thing and just went to appease another person mm. instead of honoring that. And that's what led to problems. It, and it's not even a knock on, it's not like saying women aren't capable of yeah, making good decisions. It yeah. has nothing to do with gender at all, really. It could be two bros. Yeah. The it story wouldn't be, change. Yeah. It's just more, even more impactful. There's the OG and there's, there's the newbie. Yeah. That's what it is. It's exactly. not a man woman thing. Yeah. And so because Adam is like the, the idealized human, the first man. You could even argue that it's a story about the first time people became conscious. You know, and yeah. we finally woke up and we're conscious. We realize we have the we have existential dread now. We can like manipulate reality. We can we can own things by naming them and understanding them and not fearing them. Mm -hmm. Like it's a powerful thing. And then a new person or a new being it's just it could be a dad and a kid it doesn't really matter because that's the relationship to god to adam anyway it's a father and a kid same with jesus a father and a kid it's like the eternal truth trying to speak and wake up the creation that came about from from that so and it's like a but i'm like get, i'm i don't want us to get lost on that okay basically the arc was like you see conceptually Jesus has a prescription to get to the Godhead, essentially, but people don't see it because they get too bogged in the weeds and arguing mm -hmm. over semantics. They're not reading for the concept, I would argue. And a lot mm -hmm. of what's taught about the Bible is people trying to say, you should live a way I think is right. right. It's trying to control. It's about morality. So, like, my view starts as, like, you know, somewhat standard Christian, like, this is the right way. That's God's kid or that's God as a person, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then it started evolving. And this is when I started getting more in trouble even within that group because my views were diverging from theirs. I was forking, if you want to use a tech term for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forked from their views where it's like, holy crap, we can be like Jesus if we follow. He's literally telling us how to be like him. And then it gets to a point, it kept evolving. It got to a point where it's like, wait a minute, what? I am God? And that's like a huge deal, dude. Like, because this time, like, I got there sober. Mm -hmm. Like, like, holy fucking shit, I'm God. Like, I'm God like Jesus. Oh, my God. Was this an experience or a, a it was both. mental realization? Most, it was both. It was, like, experiential and mental. I think a lot of it was finally forgiving myself for shit i'd done in the past is that what the catalyst was like i'm curious what the the trigger the big trigger the actual moment so like was. a lot of this happened in may yeah and things kind of went quickly after that like a long time ago i did something i'm not proud of i don't 
I don't really want to go into details, but yeah, we don't have to do the whole story. Working through and learning about it because something Christ advocates in the Bible, and again, this gets glossed over by Christians all the time, is forgiveness. And he's saying you forgive people, and you forgive them because it doesn't. And it doesn't mean you keep subjecting yourself to them. You forgive them for your sake, and because you have to realize. Most people are just reacting. They're not conscious of what they're even doing. Mm-hmm. He's like basically saying, like, forgive people because they don't understand even what their actions are causing. Uh, they uh, don't get it. He and that's why on the cross when he died, that story yeah, about yeah. forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. Like he meant that. He understood psychologically. I'm trying to speak truth. These people hate me for it because they, if they admit that, then they have to deal with their own faults. And deal with their own insecurities and their own problems because how can you be god and be imperfect mm-hmm. you know i do I, and, real quick i just want to say that i feel that in that level that depth of forgiveness is really about compassion yeah it's not just about reconciling s- sin in this context exactly. or, or you did something exactly. against me and i and i'm i'm holding a grudge until I forgive that grudge. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about compassion. Yes. And, and not, it's not just love. in an empathy way. Yeah. But like in a, I consider this like a, and this might just be my own associations, but I consider this like a Buddhist compassion where it's yeah. not just empathy. It's literally understanding the non randomness of nature and that we are all the way we are because of the experiences we've had, because of our conditioning. You know, yes. because of our personalities and associations with reality. Yeah. And so in that way, none of us are missing the mark or sinning or, or evil. We're just playing out our programming. Yes, dude. And this is it. That's perfect because that's how things kept going. I I get to this point where it's like, okay, now I'm like, I'm like Jesus. I'm one with him. And you make mistakes when you're... When you're that into that text, you can make mistakes. Like you can think like for a second, you can think like, oh, maybe I can really have faith and heal people with my faith and praying. Mm -hmm. And a miracle could maybe really happen. And you start playing around with it because you're told to play with it. It like Christ tells you, go try it. Why not? Yeah. And so, so like that's where you start getting in trouble because if you don't contextualize everything, and you just pluck a random person, they go around saying, I can heal, I can heal you by my faith. Mm-hmm. That scares the shit well, yeah, out of most people. up against people. a ton of cultural conditioning in the exactly. other direction. Yeah. So this is where stuff gets interesting because, so I was like trying to live it out. Like I try, because what, what the hell else are you going to do? If you're supposedly yeah. a Christian, you're supposed to follow the words. But most people don't. They just straight up don't. They just like the comfort and socialness of the gatherings. Mm-hmm. They don't really want to go out of their way to do what you're being asked to do. Do the work, the hard work. And this is where like people take issue where it says like you'll have to like you're gonna if you really go this path, you might lose brothers or sisters or friends or families. You might argue like that's where he's saying like I, look, I'm not coming here to be a peacemaker. This will divide a lot of people. He even literally says it, and people forget that. They think it's supposed to be some big honky-dory, everyone sees things the same way. 
No, it's not because a lot of people seemingly can't handle the truth, the ultimate truth. So you you get to this place, right? And you're like, man, I'm I'm now like Jesus. This is crazy. And then you're like, wait a minute. If that's the case, then I am God, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the natural path if you take it, if you go all the way. Mm-hmm. You get to the point and you're like, I am God. Holy crap. But then things start diverging and you're like, wait a minute. So maybe, and this is some at least where my mind went, it's like, well, maybe all religions point to this one truth, like God. And perhaps God himself showed up as, like I went here for a hot second where it's like, maybe everything points towards God, all of it has truth. And it's just that God maybe actually did walk the earth because I was still, my fault was, and it, it's easy to do, most people do it. I was personifying a universal essence that can't be made mm-hmm. into just human. Impossible. Mm-hmm. But you, it's a logical fallacy that can yeah. easily happen. So you get to that point, and you per, you're still personifying God, and then you finally, like, this is where arguably trauma can help wake you up from it, because I believe what I went through... If I hadn't gone through it, I don't know if I would have got to where I am now, where no longer is it identifying as, oh, yeah, I'm Yahweh from the Bible, or I'm Jesus, or I'm like Jesus. It's like we are all capable. We're all divine. Life, the essence of life, is what is God. And the fact that human beings are aware of it to the extent we know mm-hmm. makes us feel God-like because, again, we can take a concept in our head, even a song. Like We bring something to life. We can create life. We are aware that when we have sex, it makes a baby. I don't know. We And we don't know if animals have that same understanding mm-hmm. that, oh, if I have sex, because we understand we also get natural animalistic urges and impulses Mm -hmm. but because of the way we're built we can override some of our base compulsions yeah yeah that's like literally that's the definition of civility and civilization is that Mm. we're able to you know be more than a base animal we're able to like yeah i know isn't it nuts (laughs) it's like because, yeah, we might have erected Scho- all of these fancy... From a scholarly view, civil civility, civilization, or uh, being civilized, being a civilized person, means you're not just a base, instinctual animal. I didn't know that that's what the... From a yeah. scholarly view, that's yeah. what it means. And that is ironic, yeah. because so many people go around touting these words, but they really don't understand what they mean. Yeah. Or where they yeah. come from. Yeah. And we may have, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know that that really truly reflects it. I don't know that that definition reflects yeah, the reality. Yeah, it's hard to capture. Even, even our expression through technology, like, that is sort of instinctual. I think that was human nature. Yeah, you know? to pick up a rock and throw it or, yeah, or whatever. Or, or find out that it yeah. does something that is useful and figuring out how to 
create systems that put that yeah. realization, that observation into applied science, which is technology, right? Yeah. I think that was our instinct. I don't see anything about civilization. Now we're that getting it, that's into us, uh, free will territory. Like oh, we're, yeah. We've been flirting yeah, we with that, that the whole time. but We could do that. That's that's, but a, dude, that's a side side step. We could yeah. get into that. But yeah, basically, man, that's it. Like It's okay. like been this process of like, I in this I still believe like Christianity along with all kinds of other routes, their paths towards enlightenment, mm-hmm. and I even think psychedelics are too. Because the worst part was, man, can be like I have experience with psychedelics, and I tried them in the past, and I got to a very similar place, but I didn't have the language or yeah. understanding of shut the fuck up around like most people like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be i don't know it's it's so hard to explain because human my stepdad used the term human nature a lot he's like it's just human nature that people want you in a box or it's human nature that like it's it's hard for us to accept change in some ways Mm -hmm. it's it's just and it's really hard to articulate people have been trying to articulate this stuff since the dawn of time yeah and and that's where it's experiential i think because you've experienced it from our conversations i know mm-hmm. probably anyone who's remotely interested in watching this has experienced some <laughs> or of has this. ever talked to me outside of <laughs> you know yeah it's like you can't tell someone else what it feels like to dissolve your ego like you can describe it mm-hmm. but it's an experience. Yeah. Just like getting married or falling in love or mm-hmm. having a kid or or whatever. Those are things that you experience. Yeah. And you can tell someone till their your face is blue. Yeah. And if they ask about it, if they're interested about it, then yeah, sure, describe it. Have fun verbalizing yeah. about a experience. But, you know, and that's really why this podcast is called Reminders. Like I don't feel like my target audience is people that haven't had experiences similar to what i've had i think that the only true like value in talking about experiences is when we're talking to people that have had similar experiences and we can help remind each other of what we experienced of what we learned in those moments those isolated incidences of a glimpse of what it feels like to remember that we are divine you know not just intellectually but experientially, yes. and that's such a key difference, yeah. you know. To me, maybe that's the difference between like the intellect and spirit, you know. Right. Intellectualizing versus spirituality, which I, you know, I've sort of started to reject that word a little bit because it's becoming such a connotated word in yeah. society now. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to lose its meaning, you know. But yeah, it's it's experience. It's I think that's just such a beautiful word to point back to the visceral moment yeah. that we experience yeah. life and love and all of those things and pain and trauma and all the things yeah it's and all viscera in- means flesh it's an ancient word it mm. means flesh so visceral it's mm-hmm. in the flesh yeah. you're present like feeling everything you un- like union it's yeah. like the core of yoga even like mm-hmm. union unity and that's yeah. where i got to man like with jesus the stuff he said, and I only speak from Christian because I just got so well versed. Yeah. In it. But it's like his whole point was like, 
unity, union with the Father, the Father as a metaphor for creation, Mm -hmm. not some dude who's 50 plus years old with a beard. Yeah. It's all creation. Yeah. Like, we don't know where all this came from. People have been trying to figure that out since they could talk. Yeah. We don't know. We'd like to know, but we may never know. It doesn't, and that's the joy of it. And that's why it always talked about be like a kid. Kids don't think about, you know, I'm going to die tomorrow. Like, they don't think about, I got to pay taxes and all this. They're They're taking it in as it's all new. The wonderment of experience. And then talking about the thing I love the most that gets so overlooked is he says, the kingdom of heaven is now. It's not some faraway place you're trying to strive to get mm-hmm. to. It's right now. And you guys are here in it. That's what he's saying. He's like, we're all in it. It doesn't have to be hell it. right now. Yeah. We're making it hell because we're not awake. We're just asleep. And that's that's what's so wonderful. But the ironic part is people sign on board. They cross the T's, dot the I's, jump in the water... <laughs> literally and like do all the things but then they don't understand the reality and part of it is the experience and they used to it back in the early days we have so much evidence they used to use psychoactive things to help you experience it and you were guided through and you're taught and you understood and you you died before you died so that you didn't fear death and you could really live life. And that doesn't, uh, you know, automatically flip the switch, you know, having a psychedelic experience, exactly. a mystical induced experience. Um, but what it does is gives a reference point. Exactly. So then, it gives and, you context. And then if they have a support system, it, you know, if they if they did, ha- if they had this experience through psychoactive uh, collaborators or not, yeah. you know, it was in a community First and yes. foremost, where it and was then afterwards, normal. you still have that community. Yeah. yeah, it was not just normal, but not just accepted, but encouraged. It was a rite of exactly. passage. And then you still have that community after the isolated experience yes. to integrate what you had a glimpse of. That And that's such a huge thing is the integration. Yeah. And that's where we need each other. We need exactly, community in that. Yes. And we're made for that. We're social beings. We're made for each other, mm-hmm. and we're in such a weird place where, and and I was talking to my stepdad about this, like, I don't know if it's America or, because in some other countries, it seems like if you end up chatting someone up and having a nice time, they seem more inclined to, like, buy you dinner or buy a drink for you mm. to continue the experience, because people yeah. just enjoy... And I've had that in other parts of the States, too. It's just like, I don't know. It seems like there's something going on where people are less likely yeah. to well, have community. There's a big shadow in, in the United States, you know? I mean, And COVID made it way worse. Oh, no or doubt. it exposed what was happening. Sure. I don't know which one. Both, yeah. Probably both, both yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, there's so many things I want to respond to. I'm trying to think which one to focus on now. Uh, but I guess... I'll start with the Neville Goddard stuff just to reflect what you're talking about. My And I haven't gotten that deep into Neville's work. Like yeah. I said, I, I know about him secondhand through the Synchronicity podcast. And what I've heard through Noah on that podcast is um, 
that basically all of the characters in the Bible are metaphors of different archetypes of the human psyche. Yeah, that's Goddard's, and it's wonderful. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I can't say I disagree with so, it. So, yeah, so like the Christ being that like awakened self. The yeah, uh, it's like the it, it's like a meme for the ultimate version of man or like yeah if you want to use a nietzsche term supermensch or whatever like yeah. we've hit on it throughout society mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i think that's you know a, a really uh cool way of reframing the bible but i will say at least where i'm at in my life right now i'm, I'm still not that interested in that particular story you know sure. and i i, yeah. I love you know and i'll just take a moment to tell you like just perceiving you the last year or whatever and that we had this conversation maybe less than a year ago about you know christianity and stuff and it wasn't like we were butting heads like i'm able to talk to people that are in religion and yeah, still and come i wasn't to trying ground. to convert you no you weren't and i'm sure that either. you know we both felt energized by that conversation and everything but i just want to praise you for a minute and just tell you like dude i'm i'm proud to see that you're on this path of growth and that you, you know that you're not like just finding one thing and be like, this is the one thing, you know, yeah. like maybe, maybe that was part of, maybe you went through a phase of, of doing that. Definitely I don't know. did. I won't lie. That too. Yeah. I was you stuck know? in a, and that's part of what's so beautiful. And I, it ties in and that's where, you know, I might have to admit, you might be right about the trauma being purposeful. And that could be the purpose is that when you're, when you learn properly from it, you realize that the harder I just stick my identity to something, the more, I don't know what other word there is, but the more fucked I'll be the when more it comes. Stuck you are if, if you're something happens, your identity if to that something. gets broken or that mirror gets yeah. shattered, you know, then your whole identity shatters exactly. too. And yet there's and still some part like of you. It feels like the end of everything, but meanwhile, that quiet observer that's always been there the whole time is still there. That's what I was not about judging, to say. not saying a word, mm-hmm. just observing just, all just of witnessing. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So it's it's like. And that's the thing. That's where it came, it went from like, okay, and now I have the context. Christianity is just one manifestation, one viewpoint, one pathway mm-hmm. to the same thing that, and from what I've studied, the, I think I identify most with the Tao, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. And Me too. it's just such a beautiful thing, and I'm not going to try and spread it if people want to learn more yeah they can ask absolutely and we can know, talk about it one time that'd be fun yeah. if only if people want to because yeah. the whole point is like the Tao is about less it's about like it, there's prescriptions for running a government in there in that short book and he's like yeah all you got to do is just you know feed people make them happy and don't govern them like the less you govern the easier it'll be just mm. make them fat and happy and and that's it and, and have, don't step in and try and encroach. Just let them do their thing. Right. And if you pr- you protect them, if you need to, you know, if someone's being a total douchebag and being violent, and yeah, you protect you protect your turf. It's just that's human nature that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. because yeah. from what we've talked about, I don't know if we'll ever evolve to a point. I'm hopeful that we might, but I don't know if we ever will. Just because we've been trying this stuff think, for yeah. thousands and millions of years forever like, literally forever i think this is the experience of humanity yeah is to be always at this precipice of the singularity yeah you know and now we we are looking at it in such a uh, more visceral way i would say with the rise of 
what people call art, artificial technology or artificial intelligence yeah. and the technology of the internet and you know getting on the cloud and this idea of like merging with technology in that way transhumanism stuff like that yeah and i don't get too deep into that uh imagination i haven't put that much thought into it i do have some some feelings about it you know i i feel while on one hand of course ai is a, a term that's that points to a specific technology i on a philosophical level don't really believe in artificial anything yeah you know I There's think intelligence a great book is you would like, Sapiens. I think I've Sapiens? told you before, but you have, yeah. if you read Sapiens, yeah. the author's Yuval Noah Harari. Okay. He talks about the exact thing. Anything cool. that exists or or comes about is technically natural. Absolutely. Where the hell did it come from? Yeah. It came from here. Yep. Nothing. We haven't harvested asteroids yet. We haven't done anything that isn't from Earth. Yeah. Everything that it can exist. And even if it wasn't from Earth, it would still be natural. Yeah. The universe is natural. Exactly. If it exists, it's natural. That's what's a weird... That, like... When I first read that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, my cousin turned me on to that idea. And then it's like, morality, well, that... Is that just people's way of dealing with shit? Yeah. It's not like anyone's more right or more wrong. Certain things like, hey, you probably shouldn't, you know, toss a giant lead ball on top of your head i don't try to come up right? with a thing I mean, like yeah like you I can you, but so it's like hey i experienced something and it led to pain yeah experience at your own risk exactly, exactly. but more like a lot of times people and i think that's morality like you mm-hmm. learn and then you have codes moving forward yeah but i think where people go wrong where it causes problems is when you try to impose that. Like, it's one and thing to tell your kid one. the stove's hot. Yeah. You're going to burn your hand. Yeah. And it's totally different to say, if you burn your hand, I'm going to brutally punish you because you didn't listen to my code. Because you're bad. Or, yeah, or judging and saying you're bad. I mean, that's it's really like, what it comes down to. I think sometimes that's Sometimes it's, it's an accident. Sometimes you just have to learn by experience. Exactly. Like we talked Actually, about a lot before. of times, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, we, we can try to take the knowledge of our for forecomers our ancestors or whatever you know we can try to take their knowledge and apply it into wisdom in our lives but a lot of times we do have to just experiences experience our experiences and either integrate the lessons or not and continue to do but there's no right and wrong here and i think that's yeah i think that's where conceptual morality is problematic because it's this assumption that there's one set list of rules this one set uh, moral high ground and really it's what you're getting at it's really just a recognition that if you take this action there will be these reactions from the universe yeah consequences to our actions some are consequences we would enjoy some are consequences that would cause us pain but none of them are wrong none of them are evil even the most evil thing you can think of you know sorry to conjure that image or whatever yeah. sorry to conjure that even that, and this is a fucking hot take that so many people don't want to hear, but even the most evil things that you can imagine, they're, they're, they're not wrong. They're just painful. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's even where going I love... through pain, and that's the whole thing yeah. that we keep coming back to, is that even going through pain deepens our capacity for experiencing pleasure, for experiencing the bliss yeah. of, of the non-duality And that's what's aspect. beautiful, is that... And that's what's beautiful about even learning history. Like, yeah. we can choose 
we have the capacity to be Hitler and we have the mm-hmm. capacity to be Jesus Christ. We can and most choose. Most of us are too lazy to choose one or the other. Exactly. Most of us are just going to stay comfortable. In fact, they've shown like most people don't break the law out of fear of punishment yeah. rather than because they're like a good person. Which I would call insanity. I think that's an, another example of the insane yeah. situation. Yeah. And it's the same when system. you get into, and when I saw in my my time deep in Christianity, it's like, it's the same thing. Most mm. people are following God's law. Even a lot of, I won't say yeah, that. Yeah. Most people are following God's law, not because they understand why what is being said may or may not make sense. It's because they're afraid of going to hell. Yes. It's not like I want to be an enlightened person who naturally doesn't cause more suffering. Because mm-hmm. I love the Buddhist, and you touched on it, the Buddhist mentality of like, there is no real right or wrong. There's only, are you doing something that, you know, causes suffering? If you are, maybe you shouldn't do it. Why mm-hmm. are you doing it? Yeah. Because you're only causing suffering. Right. It's like the striving towards not increasing suffering. Yeah. Like, we have and we have the choice. That's what's beautiful. We can choose. Absolutely, we do. And I, I it can wanna... be hard. Don't get me wrong. If you're oh, angry, it's hard to choose correctly sometimes. If you're in a state of uh, fight or flight, in some sense of the word or the phrase, you know, we we have less capacity to choose yeah. consciously because you're there thinking of natural, survival. Yeah, at that there's point. instinctual exactly. patterns. But I wanted to go back real quick. I want to. Pr- paraphrase what you said about um that a lot of people are just doing god's law and not for the uh reasons of recognizing the oneness between all of us recognizing that if i hurt you i'm hurting myself exactly yes yes dude and it's not because you're also the son of god and i'm also the son of god so i don't want to hurt my family no it's that we're literally both god yeah. So why would God hurt God? Exactly. You know? and I, I don't even really like using that word, but like that's it's what the, we've been using throughout the conversation. So like that, but that's that's really what it's it is. For lack of a better term. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this idea of like God the Father, like, you know, I feel like when that was first uttered, it was probably a poetic, like, I'd be like, yeah, the father, the yeah, the archetype, the or the architect, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, the creator. But now it's become so connotated, I I cannot stand to hear god be personified as a gender you know as a yeah, father as there a he. is it's because god god it's in not that a thing like it's all things yeah there is no gender there is no sexuality there is no nothing it's yeah. all things and yeah. we can't fathom it because exactly. we are limited exactly we are limited yeah and that's yeah. where like once you let go of the identity then you can really truthfully look at the limitations yeah and you can instead of running away from it you embrace it and that's where we're at i think in a lot of society is that we're like rebelling against identities or we're like so entrenched in identities it's like if everyone lets go of gender then you realize oh i'm limited male is a classification of the body that i have Mm -hmm. or female is a classification of body someone has right there are certain limitations there are certain biological physical things that these bodies are capable mm-hmm. or not capable right. of. There's certain strengths each one presents. And, that and that's and, just and the physical. union, that's the whole thing with marriage and all that. The union is the coming of two 
it's the same all, but it's two limited versions of the all energy coming together and literally creating new life. Like that's what's so beautiful about it. Mm -hmm. And like, there's things that I can do that ladies might not be able to do. And there's tons that ladies can do that I sure as hell can't. Right, like and natural things. Conceiving a child and and having a birth. kid exactly. And it's beautiful. Feeding, you're feeding your kid from your own body. Yeah, I can't do that. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm not prepared to get too deep into <laughs> but the yeah, gender yeah, talk. Yeah, but dude. no, no, no. I want to say that, like, I, I think what what you kind of just like made me realize is that yeah, there are like physical classifications, and that's yeah. okay. I think where things get challenged, maybe not in the most graceful ways. I think the word should is the problem. Well, that's know? always a problem in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but in this particular instance, I think what uh, what is being um, challenged is the idea that there are any mental or emotional components to those physical classifications. To be a man, to have a certain type of body, that doesn't actually say anything about who you are on the inside. It doesn't actually say anything about your emotional and mental capacities. So I think that's where, rightfully so, we're, we're challenging that construct of gender. You know, to throw it all out to say that there is no biological component to these classifications is obviously not factually yeah. the case. Yeah. I think it's the emotional and mental, you know, to say if I have a type of body that I need to act a certain way, that's where, where we I need to Can I paraphrase just to cla- like yeah, sure. make sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. clarify, make uh-huh. sure I'm, I'm getting you. I'm pretty sure I do. You're saying that just because, like, your environmental circumstances... Are a certain thing doesn't mean you have to conform to the expectation of that. It, kind yeah, of, sure. Like it's yeah, hard. Just specifically I, with like having having a masculine body, having a man's body. You know, having certain organs yeah, to be is not ma- going yeah, to, to be male is not going to necessarily have any. Um, it doesn't mean you can't give or hugs or cry or whatever. Whatever what, it may the be. typical yeah, yeah, yeah. tropes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah, think exactly. that's where the the challenge is is important. And I think we should flush this idea that to be in a certain body means you need to act a certain way. I think that's that's old school. That's that's conditioning and not rooted in any sort of yeah. truth. It's just it's a habit. The hard, it's a generational habit. Well, and that's that's what's so hard. We talked about like a lot of people we've talked about some general things and how like you and i both fully are well aware of that we can't we can't have this conversation with just any old body it's hard and i think that's the struggle is that when you're operating at a level where you see above the matrix so to speak it can be tough because you almost have to act in a way that the people who aren't aware, like, in a, you have to act in a congruent way where they, yeah, you like... You have to play the game. Uh, it's hard to describe, yeah, essentially. And something that's crazy, dude, if you ever look into it, game theory. And, and it's used across all kinds of domains of study, but it's, it's essentially that everything's a game. We set up games all the time. Mm-hmm. We don't stop playing games when we grow up. We play more complicated, intricate Absolutely, games. Absolutely, yeah. And it's and that's it. And you brought it up. And that's what I loved when you said 
looking at things like a video game. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, dude, that's it. Because um, we're, we level up. Like, you don't even have to spend as much time as on a freaking video game to level up. Yeah. You can literally sit and do five push-ups a day, and it'll change your life in a month. Like, Absolutely. little things like yeah. that. And it's what you put your mind to, your focus, your energy, your attention. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to your point, our, our brains are uh, wired in a certain way to be favorable to, towards games. You know, there's this book exactly. that I read called uh, Super Better. And it's basically a self-help book, but it's explaining how we can use basically game theory yeah. uh, to gamify your life is the way they put it. Yeah. And in ways that you're, you're setting yourself up for quests and, you know, that 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 gives you dopamine to achieve your your ambition or whatever exactly. it was, you know. But I'm glad you brought up the the game metaphor again because I, I wanted to bring it back up too in the sense of when you were talking about, again, that moment of that for what I'll call the uh, Christ realization of recognizing that you're the quote-unquote son of God and what that means, this idea of recognizing the divinity within us. Yeah. I would like to liken it to imagine a character in a game realizes... And I know that's very hard to conceptualize. How could a programmed it's entity all good. It's all good. Just conceptualize, go but like, yeah, yeah, whoa, with the look metaphor. at AI these days. It's pretty <laughs> wild. Pretty yeah. wild. So, you know. So the character The character realizes point. it's in a game. Okay. Ah. So that's what awakening is, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean the game necessarily gets turned off. It still has to operate within what you call the matrix or yeah, the game. Yeah, the physical bounds yeah. of it. Yeah. It can't, you know, so so the idea, it, and it thinks, oh, I'm the creator. I created this game, you know? And it's like, yeah, intelli- you are intelligence, and intelligence created this game. But intelligence isn't a person, right. you know? And that's where I, You're like, just a piece of that. Yeah, there is an intelligence. You know, we start You're this whole conversation. You're a drop in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the ocean yeah. is what you really are. But we're identified with the single droplet. That's what ego is. Yeah, we're, right? we're taking the form of it. It's almost like like it's it's weird to say it, but it's like it's not necessarily wrong to say I am God if someone no. says that. And I think that's where we run into issues with mental health and different things because you're having people, whether by accident or on purpose, basically wake up and they have zero support. And in yeah. fact, they have persecution for mm-hmm. it. And and it's hard. Like, even some of the mystics that I've come across, like, talk about when you first waking up, it's kind of like a bull in a china shop. You you don't know how to handle... And it's the akin, energy. Yeah, it's yeah. akin to, like, soldiers coming home and reintegrating in society yeah. after war. Mm-hmm. You're in a mode where you're trained to just kill other things or do horribly scary dangerous shit and then you come home and you just have to go to the grocery store where that you where click the thing that you were doing that was so machine. is considered one of the worst things you can do exactly in you're literally what does that do to the psyche dude yeah come and, on again yeah. insanity of Ex- our fucking yes. society yes. you know and that's why to Sa- point, and it's the same in prison systems and yeah. all of that jazz but we yeah where we're that's locking huge, up people that have those are huge topics yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, trying to think how I want to cap this, but yeah, kind did of I wrap. did I uh, did I fully express the metaphor of the uh, the character waking up in the game and realizing that it's had, in a game? You had said the character wakes up 
it's playing this game and it wakes up and realizes, holy crap, I'm in a game. Yeah. I am. I made the game. So it doesn't. It doesn't. But then it re- then like. But and that's but natural. Then what? I guess but that's, then that's the question. The next is what's next? Step, you, you, you still realize play the, game. the limitations. You're still the yeah, you still game. have to play. You're just not identified with that one story. So that's what you I recognize. Say. There's more than just your game. Yes. Because like, in essence, I think you could, you could almost say like we each, everyone chooses their path, and there is shit that happens that we don't have any control over, like a, on this scale. But the designer, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. intelligence, <laughs> right? From in our limited uh, round of playing, if you will, yeah, like. And that's what we started this whole conversation with. It was yeah. I said that there's design, but no designer. And I still stand by that. But like, but also no, there are designers. We're the designers, you know. So yeah. it's like the collective is like the overall designer. Yeah, it's not. If there's it's not one, one designer, you could say it's the collective, which is all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and the, that's but what then you can't say it's just one, you know. And it's but it's both, and that's why non-duality yeah. is the the field that I resonate with the most because it's it's okay with paradox. In our culture, we're not okay with paradox. We right. want to put things in our, their categories of right and wrong and this and yeah. that. And that's not reality. Reality is both. And that's a very Truth European neoclassical worldview. Yeah. And that, so so real quick, what I wanted to say is that this idea... Well, I love the way you just put it. So I, I feel that we are in our own game. Each of us is in our own game. Yeah. And it's not that we need to convince everyone else that my game, my story is the best story. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so when it comes to Christianity in particular, and this is way too deep of a topic to go into depth, but in simply put, while I can appreciate the archetype of Christ and that story, that arc, that story arc of the hero, hero's journey that is described throughout the Bible, to me, that is just another story. Exactly. I don't consider that yeah. the ultimate truth. Yep. I consider the ultimate truth that that basically all truths are not ultimate. <laughs> That's basically the ultimate truth. And uh, so there's just the vast void and there's the light of consciousness rising and falling out of the void. And it's having this journey. It's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a king's son and there's suffering in the world, and oh, if I sit long enough, I can feel free of the suffering. You got the Buddha, you know, but then the Buddha dies. He dies of food poisoning. What a non-romantic way to go out. And he's back <laughs> in the void, you know? And you got Jesus. Oh, this this little Hebrew son, carpenter's boy, born of, born of a virgin, whatever the fuck that means, you know? Yeah. And then he studies with the Buddha <laughs> and sits long enough to At realize that everything's India. okay. Yeah, you for know? sure. So yeah. to speak. And then yeah. he is crucified, and and society cuts him down because he talks about these things that he felt that he that he yeah. that he felt and that he it feels resonated in too hard yeah. with them to the point yeah, yeah. to where it's like that oh wait you're a- dangerous because you can make people realize we can't run yeah. like you can wake people up that it's too free they don't need to they don't need to listen to us anymore yeah and then we don't have power anymore yeah and then we don't have our money anymore. yeah. And then we're nothing. And then our identity's broken. It's the power it's, struggle. That's it. Yeah, it's, yeah. And we've illustrated a bunch of power struggles in our own society. And anyway, but my, my, my yeah, big point no, here I'm, is that yeah. like, I think that we're just having dreams. There's just dreams in the void. 
And those dreams have all sorts of different narratives and none of them are the, the one true right one. And it doesn't matter what we do. We're just here to experience within infinity, you know, yeah, infinity. Exactly. We can't even fathom. Nope. So let's have some fucking fun. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Let's not take it yeah. so serious, but also recognize that we are one. We don't want to hurt each other. We don't want to hurt ourselves. I mean, even just not even thinking about other people, I still hurt my own self by being unconscious in certain ways of our, in my life, you know? Yeah. So there are things we can do to clear the flow, to become more clear with yeah. what is, yeah. to to clarify our relationship to our own divine nature. We don't have to personify it, you know. We don't have to other it. That's that's right. my problem with a lot of religion is that it others divinity. It's something outside yeah. of ourselves. That's that's not it. Yeah, it's not it. How could it? Yeah. How could it be it? How could there be div- divine divinity? How could there be God? And then something else. It just doesn't even make logical sense. How could God make something that's not divine? Right. That makes no sense. Yeah. And that's, that is insane to, well, to that, go through a life feeling that we're separate fallacy. from. Yeah. Right. It's that you have a perfect creator, but it made everything imperfect. It's like, what? And only if we prove our, <laughs> our worth can we... It's just, oh, it's yeah, just dude, the more you break it down, you're just like, yeah, that sounds like a fairy tale that governments told their civilians to keep them docile and scared yeah, and controllable. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard for me to care too much about that story. But anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll stop there. But No, yeah, man, it's all, I only, and that's the thing, I speak on it just because I know it so well. And it's, it's, and it it's is, prevalent, if so it's you, worth talking about. A lot of people are in that. Right. You know? And that's where, like, dude, if I could say any advice to, like, people who come from that background or whatever, it's like once you realize the full, I don't even know if you could say it, once you get closer to the full truth. Yeah, clarify the story. Then don't try and, like, just do not attempt to tell people about it like if you meet cool people who know you'll kind of if you pay attention you can suss it out yeah it'll you come know, out naturally like a lot the word based gets thrown around i think it's misused a lot but it's like i'm familiar oh really um people will say you're based if you like just resonate the truth like you don't even have to say it you just like oh, okay. it's a part of your being almost I don't know. That's like my ultimate view of it. Got how it. I'd love it to be used, but gotcha. sometimes it's misused. But gotcha. anyway, like the my the whole point is like it's just it's tough knowing, and then especially when you're colored by a background, like you can't go back and and save the people. It's Plato's cave allegory. It's the perfect thing mm-hmm. that there's. Most people are sitting in the cave, looking at the wall and the shadows on the wall. And taking that for reality. And if you're lucky enough to get out of the cave, you have ultimate freedom, which can be a little scary at first, Mm -hmm. but it's arguably better than being in the cave. But you can't go back in the cave because the cave people will hate you because all they know is the shadows on the wall. You know, it's like, it's such a beautiful, and the thing about it that's even more mind-blowing is it was like, this was back in BC time. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, truth is timeless. Like, this is forever ago. Ancient people, we mistakenly think, aren't 
like we are. They're Again, the same. our own human arrogance. Exactly. And so it's just, if you get to that point where you break free, you can't save them. You, yeah. Like, I hate to say it. I, well, it I, I was in a point where I thought I there was stuff I could do to save them. And now I realize, like, unless I want my life to end prematurely, I can't save them. And I think the thing is that... I can only they, just live my game exactly. and live my truth. And trust theirs, too. That's exactly. where it's, it, yeah. you know, it's only our They're own They're in the ignorance. place that they either need to be or maybe they just can't go anywhere else. And it's not my in. job to change that. They're in the place that they're in, and I yeah. can trust that. Exactly. Even if it seems like suffering from all current perspectives, eventually the universe is going to unfold far enough for it all right. to make sense. And that's what's so hard. And like I, even talking to you now, I'm like really realizing it. Like you in any way interfering with their space like that ends up causing them suffering. Even if what you're doing is quote unquote right or would lead to a better place, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you live by the don't cause suffering, then like, and I, I have to thank you for that, man, in this conversation, because it's like, now I fully get it. This is why things have struggled more than they needed to, because if you if you're just trying, don't just don't. If they ask you, that's different. But mm-hmm. just don't let impose it your truth be. on other people. is yeah, basically what it comes down it, to. Let it ride. I think it's only from a place of ignorance that we would see any need to wake other people up. Yeah. It's a lack of our own trust of what is, you know, and if it's you, identifying yeah. with our old ego that was asleep. Oh man, I was having such a bad time there. I should save this person from the bad time. Right. That's, that's not it. You got to remember it's that they are like, also you, yeah. you know, and they will also get to this place that you're at and beyond and whatever else, you know, yeah. Every, this is existence. This is the divine doing its thing. There's no urgency here. We don't need to w- wake anything up. Right. Everything's happening, you know, right. like one blooming flower in the field doesn't start knocking on the next bloom over like, bro, <laughs> you got a bloom, bro. Yeah. Like it's going to yeah. happen on its own. You're missing it. You're yeah. asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're missing it by not enjoying your bloom. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. why are you worrying about other people's yeah. process? It's natural, but yeah. I think we get to the point where we can, again, forgive yeah. the paths the the shadows on the path forgive all that stuff have true compassion to acknowledge that we are all on a perfect path as bumpy yep. and scary and painful as it is it is perfect yeah and it's and, and the beauty and everything else that comes along with it yeah. cool yeah. well dude thank you so much for this conversation for i know sure. we got into a bunch of different uh, aspects but i like to end by asking if there was any one thing that you want to highlight about what came up, I mean, I think we had a really natural, beautiful conclusion, but um, if there's anything that you want to highlight and or if there's anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say. You know, <laughs> and here we just talk about nothing's urgent. Um, I don't I don't have anything like I need to say, yeah, you know. Cool. Um, I, I felt very complete in the whole conversation, but, you know, that's that's the way I ended, so I, I wanted to pose it. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I'd say is just, yeah, like, I think we wrapped beautifully. Just there's no need to push onto other people, you know, unless mm-hmm. there's an imminent dangerous threat. There's nothing you have yeah. to do about it. 
let let it be let it ride yeah and i think i've you know it it's gonna happen to you where people are gonna put their shit on you and mm-hmm. it's this is something i'm still working on finding the way to like be like water and flow around yeah it, you harmonize know? with it yeah yeah to walk peacefully with knowing what's that other people are in that spot like right the best route walking peacefully and it, it just takes time to develop you know so. totally excuse me well i think that's a great way to end it i guess i'll, I'll just leave with the the last bit being that i just want to clarify that what you're saying is not to play small it's not that we don't speak our yeah. truth when it's time to speak our truth it's just that there's not an urgency right we don't need to convince anyone of anything we don't need to prove there's our no worth. pressure there's no pressure yeah of course if you want to dance dance you know if you yeah. want to sing your song sing your song but there's but no one needs to hear it no exactly. one needs to see you dance but you probably really enjoy it and if that's your expression then do it yeah you know yeah because it's fun exactly. and what else are you gonna do you're not gonna play your game <laughs> right that exactly. sounds awful you know to be in a game and not play it yeah that'd be pretty so, boring yeah <laughs> Okay. Thanks, bro. Cool, man. Well, the interesting thing was Santa Claus. And um, Santa Claus, we go in red.